the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome on into a Friday. Eric France and Jason Walker, we've made it to the weekend. Believe it or not, I'm actually here for a Friday show. I know. This is like this this is the first nice. time like three weeks, I think. And you'll be here for the whole show. Yeah, the whole you, show. You, I won't have to dip out early, or I'm not heading down to Salt Lake or Draper or wherever. I'm I'm here. And you're going to have a free Friday night. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. It's gonna, I'm going to try and be boring or... I don't know. <laughs> Got all my work done. You know, no, you know, did it like a region preview for like not my, you know, preseason one, it's like the pre-region play preview. Got that done this week and now all I got to do is sit back. You know, I'll I'll probably try and follow I'll see if I can watch. We'll see if the stream works. I know we've had issues, but I'll try and follow the the Logan game since you know, I have to. <laughs> I don't have to, but obviously it's of interest to me. Right, yeah. I, I need to stay informed on how they do, and i got to watch that to do that. But yeah, so, uh, yeah, Logan at Skyview, so John Newbold and Rex Davis will have the duties for that broadcast tonight. Yeah, they will. you will not hear my beautiful voice <laughs> over the airwaves of KVNU tonight. <laughs> no. You will instead hear John Newbold. Because um, so, they, they, they simulcast them on both. Yeah, it's going to be, yeah. they'll be carrying it on both here of the fan and on KVNU, trying to call it for both teams. And um, since we're talking about the region schedule, you know, that's underway now, uh, starting tonight, uh, another big one. That's, that's an historic rivalry, really. Skyview and Logan, those are two schools that have been around the longest around here. Yeah, long time. Long time. <laughs> uh, then it's uh, another rivalry, uh, more current <laughs> rivalry, uh, Mountain Crest and Ridgeline squaring off. Interesting matchups in week one for Region 11 with those schools. Uh, so that'll be Jake Ellis and John Olson on the call, handling the duties for both Ridgeline and Mountain Crest. 107.7 KLZX and 104.5 The Ranch in Cache County. Video streaming on Cache Valley Daily. And then uh, two broadcasts of one game at Bear River High School. Clint Payne and Jardy Nesson will focus on Bear River and uh, links to listen on Cash Valley Daily. Uh, you can also listen on uh, 104.9 The Ranch in Box Elder County. And then Craig Hislop and John Russell will be there as well, uh, doing providing video of the game. So for those uh, Bear River fans who would like to see the game, uh, they can now with that game, with, uh, with what they're doing. Uh, Bear River hosting Green Canyon. But uh, Craig Kislip and John Russell will be doing the play-by-play on 100.9 FM in, in Cache County, uh, but it'll also be video streamed on Cache Valley Daily. So a lot of different ways to follow all these teams in region play today. Yeah, a lot of chances to watch, and I'll, I'll be one of those. 
My internet's kind of sketchy in my house, so we'll see exactly how it goes. But I, I will be. I'm very interested in this week's matchups because we have three games where you know I could probably see it going either way. Logan Skyview. That's probably the one where I feel like I'm most set in who I think's gonna win. But these other games, there are at least some interesting aspects to them, and that maybe both teams, if they get a you know, if they use one of their strengths properly and maybe take care of one of their weaknesses at least for one week, they could end up with a victory. Probably the most intriguing one actually might be Green Canyon Bear River. Yeah, no, I agree. That uh, Bear River team has shown an ability to score points yeah. and get up and down the field, but they've also allowed a lot through. Uh, Green Canyon has struggled to score, uh, but this is where we start to really see, you know, is the record a reflection of the struggles the team is having or a reflection of the type of opponents which they have faced? Because I think you absolutely have to take both into consideration. In fact, you've kind of done that in your Region 11 preview that you put together on Cash Valley Daily. Yeah, I mean, Skyview's one team where I I refer to them as kind of a sleeper. The better term might be sleeping giant, although giant may be a slight exaggeration, but it gives you kind of an idea of they're not a sleeper in that people are ignoring them. It's their one in three, but should be one of the top two favorites to win the region. You know, they're a team, they've got some weapons on offense. And they've shown some capability. Last week, they were without their quarterback. He's going to be back this week. And so last week, they were down to like their emergency option. And so they ended up scoring three points in a game where if they maybe had a little bit more out of their passing game. They could have won that game. You know, it was, it was 13 to 3. Well, so they've shown real capability and provided the injury bug, which has hit pretty much which, everybody yeah. in this region except it's, it's maybe Logan, Logan's pretty much escaped it, uh, although they were missing a starting corner for two weeks. And I don't think it's hit Bear River super hard. At least I haven't heard of anything out of there. Uh, I think you're right. I think they're they're mostly uh, injury free. Yeah. So yeah, Logan and Logan and Bear River have done okay. Everyone else, and maybe Mountain Crest. So I guess half the region at least has had notable injuries to you know big players. Uh, Green Canyon being hit pretty hard, and Ridgeline also being hit pretty hard, losing their star. So uh, yeah, with, with Skyview with. I guess that's why I went off on the tangents because Skyview's injured quarterback. He's back, so with with that coming back, they should have a capable offense. The defense is kind of hard to nail down because part of it is strength of opponent. They've played some really tough teams and given up a lot of points to them. Um, They did hold uh, their last week opponent to just 13 points, and I think in week one they held Salem Hills to 14, I want to say. So they've shown capability, but they have given up a lot of points on occasion. So you, we'll see where the defense is, but I like where the offense could go. And so, yeah, they're 1-3 in, in non-region, but I'd be willing to pick them to win the region, or at least they're one of two teams I like to potentially win the region. Be in contention. Yeah. Right, yeah. So uh, first first real look at that, how that uh, pre-region schedule affects these teams uh, starting tonight. Uh, with the the type of opponents which they've faced, what they've gone through, what they've overcome, changes they've had to make, adjustments they've had to make, because by now these this, these coaching staffs they know who they have and what what they can do with who they have, uh, and so that makes it really interesting. Kind of a it, it used to be a totally uh, like a heartbreak of okay we had the non region stuff it's a second season, and well that kind of holds true it it really doesn't to the same degree anymore because rpi 
takes every game into account. So it it doesn't matter what you finish in region, uh, but every game that you play plays a role in how you may be ranked later in the year in the type of uh, pairings that you get in the playoffs. Yeah, when it comes to the yeah the the playoff seating, yeah you, the non-region does actually matter. Uh, as far as getting the region title, uh, it still kind of doesn't matter. Um, well, it doesn't matter at all because it doesn't it doesn't factor in because I don't think they use RPI to determine region titles. No, it's just the standings. So for the bragging rights, you know, of the region title, the non-region doesn't count as far as you know just standings. But yeah, these teams do have to take into account their non-region schedules now. It's not just a preseason. Because, you know, I used to hear back when I was playing, like, they'd, they'd call it a preseason. Granted, when I played, I only, we only got one week of non-region play because we had nine teams in our region. <laughs> it was it was pretty nuts. So we got one preseason game that didn't that basically didn't matter. Um, they, For these guys, they, they do have to think about it. They can't just... Use it as a preparation because when you talk to the coaches, well, when we talk to the coaches on on this show, like we talk about their non-region opponents, and a lot of their thinking is how it's going to prep them for region, which is still a big part of it. But there is that added aspect of okay, if I get blown the heck out by a six A team to prep for region play, well, that hurts the RPI. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, potentially does. Um, it, it certainly could affect your winning percentage, but it might help what your opponent's winning percentage looks like. But it's a, it's a curious game to play, and I don't think anybody's really mastered it. And these coaches, they don't really care about trying to game RPI. They're trying to prepare their teams for uh, not just region play, but just to be playing their best ball later in the season. Yeah. That seems to be universally the case. When we've talked to and interviewed the coaches, they're like, eh, RPI, whatever. Some are kind of ambivalent to it. Some really hate it. But I haven't really heard anybody like talk about how they schedule teams to help improve and position themselves in a better way because of the RPI system. Yeah, and it is finicky because computers always have kind of just gimmicks and things like that. I mean, well, Ridgeline was number two in RPI the year they went 13 and 0 right and we're pretty much the best team by a long ways um but it is kind of true if you try and game the system with rpi it may end up hurting you because i mean for one like like is it really going to be that much better if you're the one seed or the two seed like what is that really changing because like you can't control what other teams are doing where they end up it's kind of like almost the paradox if you hear you know, how you're going to die, and then you try and prevent that, but then you end up, like, causing it. Because, like, it's that kind of thing where it's, like, you you can't control everything. And so what is it going to benefit you, really, to try and game the system? You can't really pull it off because there's too much out of your control from the other teams. Because that's theoretically what you're trying to do with gaming the RPI is, all right, I want to play this team. You can't do that. No, because you don't know how that team's eventually going to play out, yeah. and what their schedule, what their outcomes are going to be. So you, you schedule the best types of teams that you can. Uh, you know, but there could be some philosophies, though. If if a coach knows that he's got a relatively young or inexperienced uh, uh, team, then maybe he doesn't want to be just destroyed every week. 
give them some some taste of success and build some momentum. So there's different philosophies yeah. of scheduling. Well, also sometimes they schedule these two years in advance sometimes because a lot of times they're setting up home and homes. That's usually the most common way they'll do these non-conference yeah, is they schedule a home and home with the team. So like, you gonna be able to plan that far out? You're gonna try? I hope you're not trying, because then you're just weird. <laughs> I try to be clairvoyant. Um, speaking of high school sports, by the way, the uh, the the first RPI of the season. Talking about RPI for high school volleyball just dropped today, and Skyview. This shouldn't come as a surprise when you consider their record, but Skyview Bobcats coming in at number one in all of high school volleyball. And why it shouldn't come in as a surprise, they're the only team who has not lost. They're undefeated. They're 12-0. Uh, and Green Canyon coming in at number two at 10-2. and two. Uh, Then you have to go down the list a ways. There's a lot of uh, Region 10 schools that fill out the, the rest of uh, the top 10, uh, except for uh, Ridgeline, who comes in at number eight. And then uh, coming out, rounding out the bottom... Mountain Crest, Bear River, Logan. Uh, so they're, they're, you got Skyview and Green Canyon at the top, then a gap, Ridgeline at 3-3, three and three, Mountain Crest at 1-5, Bear River 2-9, Logan at 1-11. Uh, so this is a, it's a, it's a two-team race, really, in Region 11 for the, not just the top of the region, but also the top of all of 4A. So what we're saying is all of the volleyball talent is in the northern part of, <laughs> Certainly right of, now. The, Lo- of the Logan area since is in Smithfield, North Logan. That's where all the volleyball talent is. Uh, so far, great uh, run there for both the Bobcats and the Wolves. Yeah. Well, Skyview's, uh, they're kind of a almost a dynasty in a way. They've, at least, you know, they've had a good long run of being pretty solid at, at girls' volleyball. Yeah, and Ridgeline has uh, had some good years as well here recently, but... Uh, so Skyview's number one, Green Canyon number two, followed by Desert Hills, Crimson Cliffs, Cedar, Snow Canyon, Hurricane, Ridgeline, Dixie, and Pineview. That's your one through ten. And then uh, Mountain Crest, Bear River, and Logan finish it out. It's pretty crazy like how really good the girls' sports are here you know, in Cache Valley. Basketball's pretty good. Um Soccer's really good. There's some really good players that come out of girls' soccer here. Better than the boys that come out of here. Um, and then volleyball is another place. Like, you look at Utah State, they're, I think, in volleyball and girls' soccer, they both have a lot yeah, of... Yeah, there's a number of local ta- girls from yeah. uh, local, locals on those squads. Especially in the soccer teams. Like, a third of the team comes from around Cache Valley. So, just looking at the current RPI for girls' soccer, Mountain Crest number one. Green Canyon, number two. Ridgeline, number three. Skyview's at number seven. Logan at eight. Bear River at uh, at ten. So, Kind of interesting because when I was covering it for a while, it was, you know, Logan was up there. They had a couple people who were on Utah State's roster. Busy Arevalo. I remember covering her. She's playing for the Aggies now. She was a star for Logan. Although I think she went to Davis for one year or two years. My, my old uh, alma mater. Um, yeah, Mountain Crest being at the top's different, but you like you like to see the teams like cycle through being good and bad. It's gonna give some variety. It's not just one team dominating for twenty years. Right, that's true. But uh, Mountain Crest seven and three, Green Canyon eight and two, Ridgeline eight and two. Yeah, so all very competitive. Yeah, Green Canyon, Green Canyon, Ridgeline have been have been pretty good for 
last little while. St. Mountain Crest, they've had some good years. They've not been super bad. Bay River's usually kind of at the bottom. I don't know what happens to their soccer programs. They just haven't managed to get through. It's a little bit of a struggle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, little update on what's going on with high school sports on the docket today. Uh, also, some other things happening that we wanted to get to on the show. Uh, interesting reactions ha- happening over what took place at a volleyball game, speaking of volleyball, uh, down in Provo a couple weeks ago. And BYU has conducted a big investigation, uh, so they say, and uh, they've come out with some, uh, basically a, a statement after going through some investigations there. Uh, others have issued some statements in response. We'll get to that here coming up in just a second. Uh, major League Baseball with some major changes in their future. Do you like these changes? Is it good for the sport? And then coming up, uh, we'll get into this more next hour, but we'll get into our predictions, not just the score prediction, but other predictions we have for the game for Utah State and Weber State Saturday on Merlin Olsen Field when those two teams square off. So uh, if you want to give your predictions now, feel free, but Jason and I will get into ours a little bit later on in the show. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in on the Full Court Press this afternoon. But first, uh, I know the weather has cooled a little bit today compared to where it was earlier in the week or the last couple of weeks, but it's still warm, right? And you're driving your car around, it can still heat up. So make sure it's it's running optimally, and then you make sure you're using the right oil to do that. And so take it to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. They're located right across from Angie's at 695 North Main. They have Valvoline Synthetic and Valvoline Max Life oil for your vehicle. Plus, to get you back out on the road fast, that's Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Whew, having enough money can be a challenge these days. So let's fix that. Raise your possibilities with Elevate Credit Union. Start by opening an account, then move your loans to Elevate. Elevate Credit Union's low rates means lower payments. Elevate can help you consolidate your debt, and there are no payments for 60 days. Apply online, over the phone, or visit a branch. Visit ElevateCU.com. That's ElevateCU.com. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. White Pine Funeral Services. I'm Nate Crackman. This week in the Mountain West, six wins for the conference in the opening week. We'll talk to Nevada head coach Ken Wilson about the start of his head coaching tenure in Reno and the Wolfpack's 2-0 start. Plus, we check in with New Mexico as Robert Portnoy breaks down the new look Lobos. It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. DD Auto and Salvage is going to pay you the most for junk vehicles. You can get rid of your junk vehicles today. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. 
pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204. Today, see store for details. For more than a decade, Integrity Home Health and Hospice has been changing patient lives, outcomes, futures, and now we're changing our name. Integrity is now proud to be called Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Aegis. A-E-G-I-S. At Aegis, we're dedicated to compassion, character, and trust. We will ensure you experience the difference as we meet your home health and hospice needs. I'm Melissa Fieser. Our team promises to go above and beyond with compassion and care. Call us today, 435-723-9000, or find us online at myages.com. Calling all Aggie football fans, this Saturday, September 10th, come and tailgate with Valley Office Systems. Starting at 2 p.m. before the Weber State game, come and join us for food, drinks, and fun. Everyone is invited. Look for the Valley Office Systems tent and cheer your Aggies on. Go Aggies! The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Jason Walker, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. A reminder, you can also listen to us on our mobile app, 106.9 The Fan, wherever you download your apps for your phone, whether it's the App Store or Google Play Store. You can search us, find us there. Uh, or on our website, 1069thefan.com. Avoid the evil tune-in people. And go to the source. Straight to the source. That's where it's best. Straight to the source. But not in the studio. You're not allowed to do that yet. Yeah, don't come here. That'd just be the source. Uh, Speaking of trying to get to the source, BYU is trying to get to the bottom of these racial slurs that were alleged to have been hurled towards a Duke volleyball player when they had their match in Provo a couple weeks ago. And it became a national story for good reason. I mean, we talked about it, too. And um, in the aftermath, immediately following, I was starting to see things pretty quickly about people who were there um, or you know, in the vicinity where these things were happening and said, I never heard anything. And certainly it's a black eye on the institution. And so they wanted to get to the bottom of it. And so BYU poured over surveillance footage, uh, they had the game was broadcast on BYU TV. They had microphones everywhere for the broadcast. They poured over all the different angles, the different recordings that they had, interviewed dozens of people in the area, talked to the uh, the Duke administrator, Duke coaches, and other players. They could not find any corroborating statements that backed up what was alleged to have said by their volleyball player. And so it's BYU. I have to give them credit for like, we're doing our due diligence here and we haven't found anything. So it kind of casts a, you know, this bad light on this player. Like, does she make things up or she just misunderstands something and she believes something was said, but there's nothing to back it up now. Yeah. See, I'd like to believe the best in people. I know my initial reaction to this was, you know, believing what was said. I had no reason to believe anyone was lying. And then BYU's reactions, you know they took it seriously. 
This wasn't a BYU just denying everything that happened. They took it seriously from the get-go. Um, and that, that's part of why I thought, I felt like that was the evidence for the allegations was BYU did something about it. So I was like, okay, there's, there's some evidence for it, so there's reason to believe it. And like you said, it was one or two days after we talked about it on the air, we'd both been kind of seeing the same things, and I was like, not so sure anymore. And I know I, I said some fiery things on here. Uh, I stand by the principle of what I said, but I Me too. I, I probably do owe an apology to some degree for, to BYU because, you know, or at least it's more so the people, not so much BYU, because I thought they reacted well. The institution um, kind of threw out some stuff at a – at somebody who very clearly seems to be innocent, or at least that's what the, I guess the lack of evidence seems to point that out. So to some degree, I overreacted. That's on me. Um, like I said, I stand by what I said in terms of the principles in the reaction because we both took a, we both have a stance against racism. Right, and and the the principle still stands that if you hear something, say something, and you stand up and point them out and say that, come on, you can't say that. Yeah, it's, that's totally inappropriate. And I did, and and I, I'm trying to remember exactly what I said because it's, it's hard to to apologize if I can't remember what I said. But I probably called out the student section too, in not stopping something that probably didn't happen. So I I have felt bad. I've thought about it, knowing that hey, I I threw some words out there that are now unjustified. Some remain justified because we did talk about other instances of this happening aside from here. Right, but there were some unjustified things that I said. Yeah, and there was, uh, you know, in the case where like it happened in the Utah Jazz Arena, like there were people immediately like identifying the guy. Like it was clear. Like people were, like, this is the nut job who did this. In fact, the guy had the gall to even appear on <laughs> and be interviewed by local local news stations. Yeah, to try to defend himself. But in the situation there, you know, it was. With this BYU situation, um, n- nobody nobody came forward and said th- this was the person who said this, and so it cast this br- kind of a, a really negative light on the entire institution and its in the student body. That if this was going on and nobody said anything, not just shame on the student or person who, who was saying this, but everybody else who allowed this to happen. That was a lot of our negative reaction as well. Yeah, because that's. And again, the the fact that BYU banned somebody made it seem like it had happened. Um, but again, it, it's a lesson for me. It's probably one of the first times I've been I've not I'm not a super experienced reporter, but it's one of the first times I've truly been caught out reporting something before I knew all the facts. So it, it is a learning lesson for me. Well, and what's the other interesting aspect of this uh, before this uh, report came out, Utah State with its or excuse me BYU with its findings. There was a controversy with South Carolina, Don Staley canceling a future game, saying we're not going to go there, we don't want to subject our players, which is really, I mean, an overreaction, gross overreaction. Yeah, it's there's, it, I think the term people like to use is virtue signaling. Yeah, that's bordering to score on that. political points. Uh, so that that came out, and that was just silly, but. BYU has been working with and cooperating with Duke throughout all of this, sharing their findings before they came out to the the public. And uh, Duke's athletic director 
Nina King uh, issued a statement of her own, basically saying, and I'll and I'll read this verbatim. The 18 members of the Duke University volleyball team are exceptionally strong women who represent themselves, their families, and Duke University with the utmost integrity. We unequivocally stand with and champion them, especially when their character is called into question. Duke Athletics believes in respect, equality, and inclusiveness, and we do not tolerate hate and bias. So essentially, they're doubling down on you know, with the believing in their athlete. And basically saying, you know, this BYU report is calling into question the integrity of our athletes. Which, look, she she may believe that she heard something, but BYU has done its diligence and said, we can't find any evidence of who said what they was what was said. So we're not questioning her character. We're just saying we haven't found evidence of it. And I think it comes down to she may have just misinterpreted something that she believed was said that was mentioned to her godmother who then put something on social media. Yeah, that's what I'm really hoping happened here is there was mixed signals or misinterpretations, misunderstandings, whatever, because otherwise it means somebody's lying. And I don't I don't want that to be the situation. Like I said, I like to believe the I best in people. Yeah, I don't think this is a Jesse Smollett situation. Yeah, because you can hear a lot of things out of the crowd. Um. I'll tell you this. The one thing I wanted to say about the Duke um, statement or whatever, okay, the PR person that wrote that earned their paycheck because that is a subtle masterpiece in they didn't call BYU liars and they didn't call their own players liars. So, like, just the way that they're dancing around this whole thing where, you know, they didn't call out their own players. They said, we stand with them, but they didn't directly call out BYU. So True. they like that's kind of the inference, but they didn't say it. So that is a very subtle masterpiece of PR work right there. I tip my cap to the Duke PR person for that statement. Um, it's still again, it does kind of infer that BYU is wrong, and so it is kind of fiery in that sense. But they had a very difficult situation to deal with because. They have to respond. Right. But are they going to call their own players liars? You no, can't You can't, can't do, do that. that. You got to stand by ha- your players. Because then you start having to discipline them, and then you have to publicly say how you're disciplining them or that you did discipline them, and that's a whole mess. And, and especially considering the political climate, and we're not going to get into that, but, like, it's a mess. So Duke came up with basically the only thing they could do this we're not going to call out BYU. We're not going to call our own players. We're going to find whatever middle ground there is and sit there, which is exactly what they've done. Uh, so after the report today, after the Duke reaction, Don Staley issued a statement. Again, the, head this coach, is the South Carolina? South Carolina women's basketball team. She said, after my personal research, I made a decision for the well-being of my team. I regret that my university... My athletics director, Ray Tanner, and others got drawn into the criticism of a choice that I made. Uh, And BYU basically said they're extremely disappointed with their decision to cancel the series and uh, asked for patience as they reviewed the allegations, but South Carolina made their their gut-check reaction, and they're sticking with it. By personal research, she read a couple articles, made a knee-jerk reaction. Yep. 
That's how you read that statement. That's how I read that. <laughs> and again, it, it, and there, that, those are consequences. What? When we make when we make knee jerk reactions, like I said, I I admit that I did. Um, obviously, South Carolina did. There are consequences, you know, and you have to learn from them. I, I will say so. Zero three six six texted in. Um, said you call out a certain religion. He said some other things. Um, I don't know, do you want to read those texts, but basically saying I called out a certain religion, I I didn't do that. That's one of the mistakes I didn't make because I talked about how the individual being likely, you know, a Mormon. Right. I, I you were calling about, out the hypocrisy yeah, of calling, the member, of yeah. the person, rather than the church. Yeah. You never you, called out the church. Because I don't know if you figured this out, all the listeners, I've danced around this, but I am a Mormon, so that'd be weird for me to call out my own religion. I was calling out the hypocrisy because I'm more angry about that fact because of, you know. Someone who professes to follow those tenets of religion, but they don't don't yeah. act in accordance to those beliefs. That's what you were pointing yeah, out. Yeah, and tenets that you I You were not calling too. out the church. Yeah, so I, I did not call it the church. I called out I will, hypocrisy. I will defend you on that point. Yeah, there, there are mistakes that I've made that I've admitted to. That was not one of them. Yeah, so interesting point here for, for BYU. Um, I think it's a lesson for a lot of institutions. Uh, certainly, we're, I think I think you have to give BYU credit for how swiftly they reacted. Tom Homo's the athletic director, his statements and actions immediately following. And then they didn't just let it lie. Like you can I can imagine this was this has been bothering that administration for a long time since it happened and they wanted to get to the bottom of it. I would be pissed. Who said this? I don't want this going on anymore. This is totally intolerable. And they wanted to get to the bottom of it. So who was in the area? Who heard it? Oh, you didn't hear it? Well, what about you? Did you what what you were there? What did you hear? Oh, not, okay, you didn't well, well let's go to the audio. Let's go to the video. Oh, okay. Well, let's talk to the Duke players. Let's talk to some of their coaches. Zero evidence. So they have to report that. And say, look, there's there's no evidence. And it's it's unfortunate that it happened, that she had that that interpretation of whatever was said. But I think it's just that. I'm not I don't believe that she's making this up to score social media points or you know social justice points. Sometimes that happens. You misinterpret what's going on behind you in a crowd of people. I can't imagine how many times people have thought they've heard certain things that really weren't being said. And yeah. I can't also believe that that many people would be covering for somebody else that they thought that was something was heard or said. Yeah. So it it, it is going to kind of be a mystery. Like, is somebody lying? Was there a misinterpretation? I'll probably just try and hope that it was misinterpretation just because, again, don't want to believe that somebody's lying. Um, but as far as BYU, like when you have allegations such as this, or there's other allegations involving misconduct and things like that, the number one thing you want to do when it comes to an institution is to take an allegation seriously. Yeah. Um, and you know, not not do what some of the press and media, like me and others, did, where you overreact and and things like that. You take it seriously, get to the bottom of it, and that's what we need. We've seen too many times people either. They go to one end where they just ignore it or another end where they overreact. Both of those are bad situations, and we all fall into those traps sometimes. Um, 
and I'm still kicking myself over being on one end of that spectrum. Um, we don't want to be on either end of that spectrum. And BYU, they were right where they needed to be. They took it seriously. Maybe they made a couple of mistakes in banning somebody a little too early, but they were still quick in getting to the bottom of it, trying to figure out exactly what happened. So it was a little messy, but they got to the bottom of the situation. They took it deadly serious. And they seem to have figured out that, well, whatever the allegation is, it wasn't true. And I wish I wish there were more, not to pat ourselves on the back here, but I wish there were more media outlets that would do what we're doing right now and recognizing, like, look, there's more evidence here. We need to walk back some of our previous positions. It, because there were a lot of... Uh, national outlets who ran with this and I mean lit the torch and uh, I don't know how many of them are, are, will take the, the courage to walk it back there's only probably about half the you know organizations that ran the initial story I mean it was on the ESPN front page not like the front front part of the page but one of their headliner stories I don't know if I've seen it. Maybe I should go and double check this, but I don't know if the you know the update is there, the update of the evidence. Well, yeah, I've, I'm referencing their story actually. That uh, oh, it is okay. Turn it it off just right before coming into studio. So it it is on their top headline page. From so Adam kudos Rittenberg. to ESPN. They have put the update there, but there are there are some who don't. Probably the biggest ones will, the ESPNs, and then you know you get your typical news, the CNNs, the Foxes, and whatnot. They'll put it, but not everybody will. And not everybody will walk back what they said. The opinion pieces that ran, all those different things, they're not going to walk back what they said. So some of the hard news may post the update, but it's not going to undo the damage that the initial report does. Which is, again, it's, it's the lesson we learn for not overreacting because we have to live with the fact that some of us did, did some damage. Yeah, so interesting uh, turn of events. Uh, with further investigation and results in that. Um, and, uh, I, look, I'm pretty sure – got to go back and double-check it, but I'm pretty sure the article links to the statement. Yeah, it does. So the ESPN, in their article, they link uh, – they have, provide a link to BYU's full statement and also – uh, it has the. It was a brief statement from, from uh, from Duke. So that's quoted within the body of the article itself. But uh, the full review and everything on there is available, and I encourage you to go check it out. So I'm glad they made it available, and encouraged to see others reporting on it to uh, try to clarify what was going on on that night down in Provo. Yeah. And it is important to get to the bottom of these kind of things because when we're dealing with something as sensitive as racism and things like that, you need to make sure you get it right because then you get people that say, well, every single one of these instances is fake, so is racism still around? Or, and are these you know, crowd behaviors still happening? They are. There's, there's a serious problem we have in America with, with crowd behavior. And we need to get to the bottom of it. Um, and unfortunately, these things, if it is fake, if it is a hoax, that... That hurts the cause, because then people think, oh, people are just overreacting. Right. To, to nothing, literally nothing, even though we know of these things that happen all the time. And we need to get it under control, because it's, it's, 
It's the rotten underbelly of sports is some of these fan behaviors. Yeah, I know that's true. Uh, all right, moving on. We'll take a quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. On the other side, some major changes to the future of Major League Baseball. A pitch clock, defensive shifts. Do you like the direction this is headed for baseball, and how will it affect the game? Your reactions to that on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. This year's Grand Latino Festival is Saturday, September 17th on Center Street in Logan. All are invited to celebrate the Latin culture with delicious food, lively music, dancing in the streets, and cultural performances. Festivities get underway at 4 p.m. with a parade of flags and authentic Latin dress. Then work off the calories to everyone's favorite dance-based workout, Zumba. This year's Latino Festival is presented by Gosner Foods, where you can earn between $15 and $20 an hour, quarterly bonuses, and free health insurance. Members First Credit Union, our name says it all. Thermo Fisher Scientific, Thermo Fisher is hiring. Join their team today. iFit, a global company committed to diversity and inclusion, welcomes everyone to the Latino Festival. Bring your family, your friends, and especially your appetite to the Grand Latino Festival, Saturday, September 17th, starting at 4 p.m. on Logan Center Street. Imagine your wedding day. Elegant, simple, yet stunning, stress-free. It's your day. It's all about you. Whether you're looking for small and simple or have a grander idea, the Riverwoods Conference Center will accommodate your every need. Choose the inside ballroom elegance or outside along the natural decor of the beautiful Logan River. A Riverwoods event planner will work personally with you to make sure your event is exactly how you've envisioned it. The Riverwoods Conference Center, where your happily ever after begins. Google Riverwoods Conference Center or call 750-5151. Life is hard, so making sure you find that perfect woman is important. You need someone that will be by your side through the good and the bad. Once you have found her, show her that she is special with a beautiful diamond ring from Jerex. Yes, it is all about the romance. At Jerex, you won't find a more intimate setting. Where you purchase the ring might not be as important as who you choose to marry, but it's pretty close. Jerex finds jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jerex. Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the Best of Northern Utah's Fireplace category help you update your home with Napoleon's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace and Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Napoleon has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Napa Gold filter sales going on, and when that happens, that means it's time to stock up. Napa Gold filters are on sale up to 60% off 
Napa. Preston and Providence. Napa Auto Parts stores may have the Napa know-how. Uh, 0366, thank you for the text. Appreciate it. Um, a couple of things going on in sports uh, this weekend. Uh, well, we had the start of the NFL last night. And, uh, you know, some were trying to set it up as a potential Super Bowl preview. But based on that game and how it uh, turned out, only one team looks like it's Super Bowl ready. Yeah, and well, I wouldn't say this ruins any of the Rams' chances to make the Super Bowl because I expect the AFC to be better than the NFC anyway. And I said that I thought the Rams had some problems, but that I don't have any other options in the NFC. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have any problem. Um, you know, with, with I'm not regretting my pick where I have the Rams going to the Super Bowl. I have the Chiefs and Rams. I'm and I'm not necessarily regretting that with the Bills because the Bills still have issues. I think I heard this. Um, I didn't double-check the stats, so I can't completely vouch for it, but I think someone said they had Bills had 11 blowout wins last year or something like that, and they still lost in the playoffs. <laughs> didn't really help them. So, like, we we can't overreact to the one blowout win early on or even the first few weeks. The Bills are clearly good. They could very easily go to the Super Bowl. Um, I will never say that they're pretenders. Clearly they're good. They just beat up on the reigning Super Bowl champions who retained most of their great players. Except for one. <laughs> who had like two sacks against them. So, you know, this just goes to show the Bills are still the Bills. Josh Allen's still Josh Allen. The Rams need to tune things up. But again, it's not so much how you're playing in September, it's how you're playing in January. Right. That's what matters. So A lot of questions about Stafford and his elbow. Uh, I mean, he's still threw the ball 41 times, but three of those were to the wrong team. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, Josh Allen wasn't perfect either. He threw two picks. But um, how about Bobby Wagner debuting in his new uniform? He's been a longtime Seattle Seahawks. Now he's with the with the Rams. Uh, seven tackles, five of which were solo. Had that one sack, uh, which also counts as a TFL, uh, and a quarterback hit. So, uh he was up there tied for second over on the team for tackles. Yeah, that's going to be Bobby Wagner. He's been a tackle machine his whole career. May not get the same volume. Uh, he's just getting a little older, so he's not going to be the same Bobby Wagner. But he's still a really good player. We'll probably make the Pro Bowl again. Um, his all-pro days are probably behind him. But he's going to be a, a good asset to this team. He was probably their biggest pickup, I think. I'm trying to think if anybody else. Can't imagine anybody else they picked up was bigger. So he'll really, really help stabilize that defense uh, and, and give them a good presence. Yeah. Yeah, great addition for them on their defensive front seven. A uh, bunch of other games going on this weekend. Uh, we're going to have one of those here on the fan. We've got the uh, – uh, now where did it go? We've, is it the, it's the Falcons, isn't it? Now I can't remember who we have. Place of the Cardinals. Were oh, in. is it the Cardinals? Oh, yeah, it's the Chiefs and Cardinals uh, on uh, Sunday – so that's uh, about around 2.30 is when that game kicks off. So we'll, we will have uh, select NFL games throughout the NFL season here on The Fan on Sundays. So as you're out and about on Sundays, bring The Fan along with you and check in with what's going on in the NFL. We'll also have select college football games besides our own pregame and postgame coverage of Utah State, which will be simulcast here on The Fan. Uh, there will be other 
big notable games throughout the college football season that we will carry uh, with our relationships in the college football, uh, well, with Compass Radio Networks. Yeah. Lots of good content to keep you company while we're not on the air. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lots. Um, a few games of note, uh, just Packers at the Vikings uh, for the for their opener. You know, there's three former Aggies on that Green Bay roster. Green Bay is favored by a point and a half. Um, and uh, a couple other Aggies. Uh, well, Patrick Scales for, um, uh, for Chicago. He's still with them, and, and Chicago hosts the 49ers. So there's a number of former Aggies still out there doing some things. And um, on Monday, we'll kind of do a recap of how well they did. Uh, there's uh, undrafted free agents on these practice squads. Hopefully, you know, they get a chance to be elevated and get on a roster sometime soon. But uh, we'll definitely report on that on Monday in, in a recap of the weekend. Yeah, we'll see how some of the undrafted guys, you know, as the season goes along, the bumps and bruises start accumulating. You know, that's when they'll get their chance. But yeah, there are. You know, there are plenty of former Aggies that are in the NFL and they've been there for a while. So we'll keep you updated on where they are. Some of them have kind of become journeymen, so we'll keep you in on where they are, how they're doing, what they're doing. Yes. You know, some of the biggest the performance. Uh, another quick timeout here in the full court press. When we come back, some changes to baseball, uh, defensive shifts going away, a, a pitch count or pitch clock, I should say, and, and what you can do on the mound itself and how that might actually increase stolen bases in Major League Baseball. We'll discuss and debate coming up next on the Full Court Press. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco more to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from the Army National Guard helped me buy my first house. I also know that I will be one of the first to respond if my community ever needs me. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. Finding, interviewing, and hiring. One of the most difficult things a business can do. The Cache Valley Media Group can help. If you need employees now or in the near future, plan to participate in the Cache Valley Media Group Job Fair Thursday, September 22nd at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. From 11 a.m. till 6 p.m. Don't miss this opportunity to talk to hundreds of potential employees looking for work or wanting to change their careers. Call 752-1390 or go to cachevalleymediagroup.com. That's cachevalleymediagroup.com. To get involved Thursday, September 22nd at the Job Fair at Castle Manor in Hyde Park. Presented by Cache Valley Media Group. Aggie game days are our favorite days. Get game day ready with the stop by Locker 42. Aggie fans can find yourself a new t-shirt, long or short sleeve in just your size. You'll be looking good in a new Aggie hat. Pick one out from the dozens of designs on Locker 42's wall of hats. Aggie t-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and jackets always ready for game day. Shop either Locker 42 location, 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars, and the flagship store downtown at 36 South Main. 
Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. Following the local teams, it's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Eric Franson and Jason Walker, Full Court Press. Changes to Major League Baseball. I want to get your reactions to this. 435-339-0321. It seems like about every other year, baseball's trying to do something to improve the game. And for the the, the diehard old school uh, baseball fans, it drives them nuts. Because they, they keep... Fighting back. Why are you trying to change the game? You're changing how this game is played. But others, in a more modern sense, are looking at the game and recognizing changes need to be made to keep up with trends and viewers' appetite and television money and all these other things, other reasons. So what they've come to, and this was voted on by the league's competition committee, was that they are going to institute a pitch clock of 15 seconds when the bases are empty, 20 seconds if there aren't any, any runners on, um, defensive alignments um, that uh, will must include two fielders on each side of the second base bag with both feet on the dirt, and then there are also rules limiting pickoff moves. Now, the bases will also be expanded. That's a player safety issue. But um, it's been they've been doing this pitch clock in the minor leagues for a while, and it has accelerated the game. And so I, I actually kind of like this move by Major League Baseball to keep things moving along because sometimes, you know, those can last and seem like an eternity. And they're supposed to limit how many times the manager can come out and have a discussion on the mound. And that didn't really solve things. They found new ways to uh, you know, skirt around that and keep stretching things out. But it will be interesting to see how this gets implemented and how teams use it wisely and others who try to take advantage of it. And see, for me, the, the, the changes that I've kind of wanted to see in baseball the most are the ones that will just move the game along. The pitch clock. Like... And if you want to whine and carry carry on about that, they've been doing it in the minor leagues for a while. And when you watch a minor league game, you never notice, except that they're if you look over, oh, there's a pitch clock, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And they just pitch like a normal human being. I mean, one of the things I remember seeing was there was an article. I forget which pitcher they were talking about, but the title was "Here's like two something something minutes of so and so not pitching," <laughs> <clears throat> because he went two straight real time minutes. A nice, like, 120 seconds of your life lost as you're watching this guy throw a couple pickoffs, run around the, the, the mound, and not pitch a baseball. Like, just throw the ball. 
it, it's not that hard. Or I guess it is that hard. But just do it. Yeah, I, I'm encouraged by these moves. It, it will encourage stolen bases. It'll speed things up. And uh, left-handed, uh, left-handed hitters may be able to hit the ball better. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. This year's NFL offseason was one of the more exciting ones in recent memory. And for the defending champion Rams, the offseason was viewed as an opportunity to improve. And L.A. did improve in certain areas. They brought in future Hall of Famer Bobby Wagner. Allen Robinson, always been a quiet top receiver threat. But if the Rams' struggles last night taught us anything, you can have some blockbusters, but you better do some of the simple things like make sure you have a good offensive line. Matthew Stafford made some questionable decisions in the loss last night, but he was under constant pressure sacked seven times without being blitzed on a single play. You gotta have a reliable offensive line. Competing with the NFL's best will continue to prove difficult for the Rams, but yes, it's only one game, but it's a big game against a Super Bowl favorite. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.